Hello, everybody, and welcome back to an episode of The Insider. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Pablo Alcantria. First of all, have I pronounced that correctly? Yep. <laughs> yeah, good, good start. <laughs> um, Pablo is the CTO of a business called um, Slamcore, which is um, a new business to me, which is really exciting. Um, Pablo, over to you. Would you like to give us a brief um, intro and a little bit about your background? Yeah, sounds good. Uh, well, thanks, thanks Ben, uh, for inviting me to um, have a chat uh, with you. And I hope people will find uh, this chat interesting. Um, so just talking a bit about my background. So as, as you mentioned, I'm Pablo Alcantarilla. I'm the CTO and head of research of Islamcore. And Islamcore is about, uh, well, Islam is simultaneous localization and mapping. And I've been working in, in, in Islam for more than 10 years already. So um, I studied uh, well, sort of electrical and electronics and computer science uh, back in Spain uh, with some intensifications in computer vision and uh, biomedical um, engineering. And then I decided to, to do my PhD in uh, visual Islam. So at the time, 10 years ago, visual Islam was something uh, new to me, <laughs> um, and sort of the the topic of my thesis was uh, to build three uh, D models of the world uh, to assist uh, visually impaired users uh, for navigation. So sort of like a GPS, but much more precise and much more accurate. So in a way, then uh, visually impaired users were uh, with a camera system in a backpack and, a, and like a small uh, computer that processed information, and we were able to localize. Uh, uh, blind people in, in cities um, with, with very high precision. And then well, we were sending them like audio commands, like walk straight to 100 meters and then turn right and, and you'll arrive to your destination. Um, so that's how I started working on Visual Islam more, more from an academic point of view at my PhD. Um, then we also, because Islam uh, it's, it's sort of fundamental technology to enable uh, localization and mapping for, for robots or autonomous systems. So apart from testing those algorithms with visually impaired users, uh, I also spent some time in Japan, where basically wow, okay. I was uh, trying to use those algorithms into uh, for, for controlling the humanoid robots, because in Japan mm. they, they have very good labs and strong labs that they build humanoid robots. Uh, but then the humanoid robots, they need to do something. <laughs> so that's why they, they need this uh, localization and mapping and perception. So then after my PhD, still work a bit on Islam, but in a different context. So I spent one year in France working in a, in a university. And it was also like a, a laparoscopy center um, and colonoscopy. So I was running Islam in, during colonoscopy. So it's a completely different <laughs> environment, but a similar similar technology where the goal was more to to build a 3D model of the polyps uh, during exploration and then use machine learning to to use the shape and and, and classify that polyp to say okay this is something uh, bad that that, that that the doctors need to remove or it's okay leave it there. Um, then continue some some time in academia, uh, one year in the U.S. Um, working on Islam for autonomous driving and autonomous robots, um, Georgia Tech. And then I think it was 2013, I moved to the UK. So I was a research scientist at Toshiba Research in, in Cambridge, um, where yeah, I was still 
working on a slam, but also started to explore a bit more uh, deep learning approaches for autonomous driving. So I work on semantic segmentation, change mm -hmm. detection, also a bit combined with, with the slam. Um, after two years there, I, I spent two years working for iRobot Corporation, uh, where I was working on, on persistent mapping uh, technologies of the robots. So robots being able to localize in your house any, any kind of lighting conditions, any changes oh, wow. in the map. Yeah. And then in 2018, well, so I met some of the Slamcore co-founders because I collaborated with, with one of the co-founders, Professor Andrew Davison, during my PhD. And they told me, hey, we're building this company. <laughs> and uh, it'll be great if you can join us. And I guess it was a very exciting opportunity. So back in 2018, we were uh, about five people, five employees. And after two years and a half, and uh, some some funding from our investors. Uh, now we are like about 25 people, um, I guess ready to release this at, at the end of the year, um, our first product to to the world. Fascinating, uh, honestly, I think this is something that, that I don't know enough about, you know, and I, and I think um, I personally, I, I've, I've seen recently on LinkedIn, um, the Tesla, um, self-driving and the kind of tech behind that and, it, and it, it blows my mind and I guess <laughs> it's something that I don't know enough about and I'm very likely in this conversation to say something very very stupid so so please you know you know give me give me some slack there but as somebody who grew grew up in the 80s and early 90s you know the days of kind of short circuit and terminator I feel like it, it it's just fascinating where robots are now and, and what what, what it, I guess is around the corner which I'm really interested to find um find out more about but you guys are based um so you're based in london are you we are based in in london so um, our office is in london victoria so um, quite central then we have uh, a few a few people working remotely uh like one or two cases but yeah uh, i guess most of the people are are based in london so, so in terms of, so you're saying um, that the product that you're releasing this year, is this the first product that you're, you're releasing as a business? You've been working on it over the last couple of years, is that right? Or Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, so basically what we, because, I mean, we are working, Islam, it's, it's a fundamental technology for, for robots or autonomous systems or, or even your mobile phone, uh, your mobile phone for AR. Uh, it has sort of some, some visual inertial Islam. Um, so, but the, but the, the real challenge is, is like Islam. It's a it's it's a complex technology because uh, mm, sure. the idea of Islam is that you take information from multiple sensors, cameras, accelerometers, gyroscopes, or the wheels from the robot, even lidar, and then you try to fuse all this information into sort of like a probabilistic uh, fashion, um, basically to estimate where you are in the world and also to estimate what is the, the map around you. And also if you use some deep learning or some perception, you, mm. you will get an understanding of the objects around you. So there, there are many things there. And it's not so easy for companies to, to build a slam uh, from scratch. Yeah. Um, so what we want to provide to these companies is basically an SDK uh, where they will be able to use uh, localization algorithms, yeah. mapping algorithms, and our perception algorithms. So then by using our SDK, they can focus more on, on the high level applications in, in robotics or, so or is, AR. 
Yeah, understood. So is, is this uh, is your product kind of um, suited for specific industries? We are uh, targeting more the robotics and drone uh, drones space. Yeah, uh, cool. just just to to focus on something uh, because. Uh, uh, but then, you know, it's, it's sort of like a fundamental technology that applies to, to many other areas, like, for example, autonomous driving, uh, virtual reality or AR. Mm. Um, but at the moment, we target more the, the robotics space because we believe that uh, robots are going to be very important in the, in, in the next years to come. Well, this is it. I think I'm, I'm more interested, uh, well, more interested. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by everything you're saying, but I'm really interested, I guess, in, in the future. You know, we find ourselves in, in an unprecedented time right now where everybody's working remotely. Um, and I'm going to guess that there's going to be quite a huge demand or more of an interest in robotics kind of in a, living in a post-COVID-19 world. Have you, got, have you seen this? Is this something that you guys can relate to as a business or yeah i think now uh i mean during covid i think we definitely uh, uh we have seen more interest into into robotics applications really yeah well, from from companies and, and also from from investors um so we, we announced like a few weeks ago like another funding round from from our investors uh which in a way uh, yeah, helps helps uh, because it's like uh, robotics now it needs to grow a bit more, especially in these uh, world circumstances where we are. And there are like limitless number of of, of applications where um, I could see like like robotics in this sort of like COVID nineteen uh, or post post COVID nineteen mm. world where robots will be very useful, like um, delivery robots, uh, groceries, yeah. uh, warehouses. Um, logistics, uh, telepresence. Not, not many people are working remotely, um, so you know telepresence robot that you can use to to maybe visit an office and talk to some of your colleagues. Wow, that uh, just blows my mind. That is just that is just incredible, isn't it? Is that just? And I think that um, you know, you start, I think originally like kind of like drones, and I know there's a big thing about kind of Amazon with drone deliveries and things like. like yeah. How how far off are we? Uh, do you think we're off that? you know kind of drone deliveries that's a good question i think the i mean of course i'm the i'm a technical person <laughs> a technical guy. i think we are close to i guess one of the problems in robotics is is facing the real world uh also it, it happens as well in autonomous driving even though we can have uh, simulators or mm. Or like computer games that we can simulate mm. lots of cases. Then you go out to the real world, and you know stuff happens, and it's not not nice. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, it's, it's interesting. Like from from a recruitment perspective, over the last I guess couple of years, there's been a lot of discussion about um, artificial intelligence. So what? So as a, as a recruiter, I think you know you, you know that my speciality is is within within digital and data. Do a lot of work within data. So. A lot of stuff within kind of deep learning and, um, and machine learning, and 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 a, a bit of AI, not 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 a lot, but a bit of AI. But there's a lot of talk about how AI is coming to the recruitment industry, and ultimately you'll be able to post a job, and um, you know AI will match you with the best candidates. And I, I just don't believe that that there's always going to be a, a, a massive need for kind of human interaction for qualification of good candidates and just the kind of personal touch of who, of who you're hiring. So I think that. AI in my industry is, is 
beginning to to have an impact, but but you, you still rely on the human human interaction, the human touch, and the real world. Like I guess, like you're saying, with the you know with with the kind of autonomous driving, or with, or with any of the other robots. Yeah, I, I think we are we are there about like ninety percent of the technology is there, uh, but then there are lots of corner cases, and that uh, remaining ten percent or five percent. It's uh, basically what, what, what you have to do to deploy your robots in the real world. That's that's still very challenging because you have lots of corner cases, and then depends mm. of, of the interactions of the robot with the you know weather conditions for a drone, for example. If it gets windy, that will become a problem, and also interaction between the robots and the humans, like understanding mm. how how humans are gonna react, and then your drone can use that information to predict how a person is gonna move and avoid mm. that person. Um, so I think yeah, some some applications, especially more like robots in in the wild, with with humans uh, in the wild, <laughs> yeah. robots in the wild. Uh, this it, it's classic. I, I don't mean to laugh. It's just it, it's just so new to me, and I'm fascinated, and, and it, it it blows my mind. Do you so? Do you think that our children at the moment will when they're our age? Do you think that robots will be the norm? Do you think it'll be quite a normal way of life having robots around? I think so. I think for them, it will come up more. Uh, the interaction with robots will be something natural. And uh, I mean, for example, in my case, I have uh, about three three years old daughter. <laughs> I know, thought you were going to say a three year old robot. I thought you were going to like it's coming <laughs> behind you. <laughs> so, no, it, 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 even though sometimes I I work on robots uh, and design some robots, and I feel like they are like my babies, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't call them babies. Uh, yeah, but uh, for example, my my daughter, uh, since she was born, you know, at that time when she was born, I was I was working uh, for iRobot, so I I you know I had my own Roomba, and I used to take robots uh, to test at, at at my house, and also at the time where well, we have an Alexa at home as well, uh, because also Alexa, you can use Alexa to communicate with some robots. And, mm. and tell your robot to go to the kitchen. So, <laughs> and that's something natural. Like uh, my daughter, she 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 knows the robot. She knows what the Amazing. robot does. She's Amazing. a bit scared of the of the robot vacuum cleaner. <laughs> but now she she, <laughs> she talks to Alexa, you know, to play music and, yeah. and those sort of things. And I think at the moment, I mean, we don't have yet lots of robots uh, in our houses. Maybe vacuum cleaners is the most representative example. Mm. But I think that's gonna change in the next 10 years. We're gonna have other types of robots, uh, uh, mopping robots, surveillance robots, uh, lawnmowers. Uh, so in a way, maybe at the end, maybe your the house is a robot itself. Yeah, <laughs> so, amazing. So I think that that's gonna come naturally. They they will know how to to interact. It, it's a bit the same like people that grew up with. Uh, some generations that grew up with mobile phones and, and TVs. Like, mm. for example, mm. my mom struggles with the TV. <laughs> with the Same. Uh, honestly, <laughs> still, uh, I'm not joking. I'm, yeah. I'm about to. I've got. I'm, I've, I'm going to the office after this, and, and Mum's already asked me to to to, to um, put a program on from last night. She doesn't even know how to use catch up. So I, I'm exactly this. It's it's a different. It's a generational yeah. thing, isn't it? I think that you're right. That but a five-year-old. Uh, yeah. boy or girl now they, they they know how to do it even better than us they know. yeah it's amazing isn't it i think i've, I've um i don't have children but i've got a puppy and i've even seen robotic 
dogs and it's just like you know the plus thing would be that you don't have to clear up their crap which is probably quite a good a, 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 a good thing but it, it blows my mind when I, when I see some of the stuff but for me to think I don't know sitting down watching the football and asking a robot to go and get me a beer from the fridge you know I'll probably turn a bit too lazy but it's also you know it also sounds pretty incredible to me so especially if you've got people around and you can have a robot serving you while you've got you're hosting the dinner party or something no, it's, so. it's, it's pretty amazing when you think about it I mean it sounds a bit like not too exciting when you say uh, well I think for to me it sounds exciting but you know it sounds a bit like oh robot go to the kitchen and, and bring me a beer it sounds like okay you are lazy but then <laughs> There is so much in there because the robot first needs to understand um, your language, what you're telling mm. him, the robot. Then the robot needs to understand, okay, if you are in the living room, needs to understand that the robot needs to go to the kitchen, needs to know how to navigate from the living room to the kitchen, mm. open the fridge, understand, okay, this is the beer that you want. Yeah. <laughs> Grab the beer and go back to the living room. Yeah. And, and that's super without spilling any, Without spilling anything. <laughs> yeah, we, we oh, I'll send him back, get, get another one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh you know it, it sounds simple but then it's yeah. uh it's not that in a way it's you know lots of exciting problems that yeah no absolutely in, Just, in universities and industry we people have been working for, yeah. for for more than 20 years yeah amazing um i guess, I guess kind of like <clears throat> my last i want to kind of finish this up in a second but i guess my last question you know robots aren't going to take over the world anytime soon aren't they i know how terminator ended it's not it's not kind of we're not at that stage yet are we please pablo uh no i guess i'm a bit <laughs> well i think you know we need to keep an eye uh but still we are far from from like a true artificial intelligence uh i think it's very sort of the artificial intelligence that we have at the moment is very uh limited in a way mm. uh, so you know we'll need to keep an eye uh but i think we're we are far from that I, i'm a bit more worried like that more i'm more worried about the humans at this point because if we if we do have more robots in the wild or in our uh homes um you know robots are connected to the internet uh, then mm. you know they could be attacked by uh humans well or, yeah like man, any mobile yeah. phone, so. <laughs> I think from my perspective, I think, you know, especially working in recruitment, I, I, I hope that, you know, it doesn't take jobs away from, you know, from, from humans, obviously. I think that if, if, if we can <clears throat> kind of have robotics, which is, you know, it, it's, it's definitely, it's so, especially in the post-COVID world, especially when you talk about things in healthcare, I think there's only, it's, it's incredible pluses and, and, and really interesting things that robotics and, and robotics and service can help us with. I think as long as, like I say, there's, there's, it doesn't, it kind of, people don't lose jobs and stuff like that, but it, it's, it's fascinating. And this is, I really, really enjoy this Pablo. Thank you so, so much. I kept up with, with what you were saying. So thank you for explaining and keeping things very simplistic for somebody who just doesn't understand enough about your industry. Um, I'm obviously I'm going to, I'm going to post this, um, socially are you okay if, if people have questions are you okay for people to reach out to you? Is, is that okay? Maybe on LinkedIn, just to, if, if they've got any kind of follow-up questions. Yeah, that, that's perfectly fine. Uh, they can reach me out in LinkedIn, and or I, I promise I will reply to them. Uh, yeah, when I find when I find time. <laughs> we know I know you're an extremely busy guy juggling juggling a business, a growing company, um, and and a family. I know is, is also a massive challenge for you. So, um, thank you very much for your time. Um, that wraps everything up today, everybody. Thank you very much for listening in. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Insider. 
thank you very much to Pablo and um, I'll speak to you all very soon. Thanks, Dan. Cheers. Perfect. Right, how am I stopping the recording? So yeah, how do I stop? Yeah, perfect. So that's the recording. Can't stop the stop recording.